It is a true brain addiction. I am waiting for the day when the World Health Organization, when the American Psychological Association recognizes this behavioral addiction, just like they do gambling, just like they do overeating, it's the same thing. It's a behavioral addiction. You are addicted to the chemicals in your brain. Yeah, yeah. into the, the Living Fullness podcast, and uh, we have a special guest with us here today. As you know, once a month, we bring you a guest to talk about some particular aspect of Christian life or some particular cultural issue which is present. And so today we have a, a guest with us, Jim O'Day, who is the uh, head of Integrity Restored, which is a ministry in the United States, which assists people with battling particularly pornography addiction. They're doing fantastic work over there. I've had the very good fortune of working with Jim for the last year. We connected through a, a mutual friend of ours and uh, we've been able to work on a couple of podcasts and to uh, develop a good friendship together over a, a year. And it's been it's been fantastic getting to know you, Jim, and uh, being able to work with you. So, uh, Jim, could you start off just by telling us a, a bit about yourself and sort of uh, where you're located for a start in the States? Because so I say the States, but the States is a big old place. <laughs> And uh, so where you're located in the States and uh, sort of your family situation? Well, first of all, Father, thanks for having me on. And, and Stina, you as well. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> and Father, you've been a great help to our ministry. So I'm so thankful for your support, your prayers, your counsel, and your contributions. Thank you. No worries. I'm here in the, in the southern United States, the Atlanta, Georgia area. Been down here now about 13 years, but I'm originally from New York City. Yeah. And uh, spent most of my life born and raised, grew up there. I'm a husband, uh, just celebrated 35 years last month. Congratulations. Uh, I'm a dad of two adult children now and a grandfather as well. I have uh, identical twin 10-year-old grandsons. Beautiful. So pretty busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And on top of that, you're working in ministry. So could you tell us a bit about the ministry that you do and sort of what it was that led you to it and uh, what Integrity Restored does? So I'll start with what we do. Integrity Restored is a Catholic ministry geared towards providing education, training, and resources for those struggling with pornography. I tell people all the time, Father, I'm sure I've said it to you, if you yourself are not struggling in today's day and age, you absolutely know and love someone who is. It is that ubiquitous. And so Integrity Restored was formed about 10 years ago. Eight years ago, I came on as the executive director. And the way I got introduced to Integrity Restored was I was asked to be on the advisory board 10 years ago when they were forming up. And all we were was an informational website. And uh, it was founded by Dr. Peter Kleponis, Matt Frad with us, another Australian who's here in the States now, a gentleman named Ryan Foley, who was Covenant Eyes great filtering and accountability software. And so they were building up this informational website and they asked me to be on the advisory board and I did that. And then about eight years ago, they said, well, we need somebody to run this full time. And my background is really in the corporate world, primarily in sales and marketing, but executive management as well in three different sectors, consumer products, the defense industry, and then Homeland Security. And so this was a big, big jump 
mm. for me into full-time executive director of a ministry. But I always say God has a sense of humor. I grew up, my parents were divorced when I was two. My vision of being a man meant, well, it sounds very Australian, Father. I could drink more beer than the next guy. I could fight better than the next guy. And I could have relations with more women than the next guy. And so that's kind of how I grew up. And it wasn't until I had a conversion. My daughter being born was a big impotence of that. I was 21 years old when that Mm. happened. My 21st birthday present was, honey, I'm pregnant. Even though I wasn't close to my dad, I called him up and said, what should I do? And he said, how much? And that didn't sit right with me. And I called up an uncle of mine and I said, look, this is what's going on. What should I do? And he said, how much? And it didn't sit right. And now, you know, thanks be to God, it didn't sit right. Even though I was a wild man, I was working in nightclubs in New York City. I was a, a bouncer. I was a doorman. I was a stripper in nightclubs and it didn't sit right. And now 35 years later, Kim and I are still married. My daughter, Jessica, is an incredible woman, uh, married with my twin grandsons. Mm. And my son, Jimmy, is a really, really cool young man, going to do great things. And so I say God has a sense of humor because I went from the opposite end of the spectrum, where I thought sexuality was none of God's business. I could do whatever I wanted as long as I wasn't hurting anybody to now I recognize the damage that dysfunctional, disordered human sexuality can bring. And pornography is a huge contributor to that in our society today. Mm. Mm. So let's kind of unpack that a bit then, Jim. What, what do you <laughs> see as the effects of pornography today then, both on body and on soul as well. So let's talk holistically. Well, the first thing we have to say, Sina, is God made us incredible creatures. He made us body, mind, and soul. And I think in particular, when it comes to the pornography struggle, one of the things we make a mistake of doing in the church is making it such a moral issue. Yes, it's a moral issue. The first few times you've looked at it, Once that addiction has taken root, it is no longer a moral issue. It is a true brain addiction. I am waiting for the day when the World Health Organization, Mm -hmm. when the American Psychological Mm -hmm. Association recognizes this behavioral addiction, just like they do gambling, just like they do overeating, it's the same thing. It's a behavioral addiction. You are addicted to the chemicals in your brain. Yeah. So it's damaging your brain when you're looking at pornography. It's damaging the synapses. It's damaging the connections. And what ends up happening is we're producing so much dopamine that we become addicted to that rush. Mm. But the brain is kind of smart. And the brain says, wait a minute, that's too much dopamine. So it shuts down the dopamine receptors, not all of them, but some of them. And so in order to get that same rush, now you have to look at more porn or you have to look at increasingly harder forms of pornography to get that same rush. Mm -hmm. 
when it comes, and that's just some of the things it's doing to your brain. When it comes to your body, Viagra was invented, I don't know, a couple decades ago, mm-hmm. maybe even 30 years ago. And it was invented first as a heart drug to help people with heart problems because it opens up the blood vessels in your heart. An interesting byproduct of that is they found out for older men with erectile dysfunction issues, Viagra worked for that too. They forgot about the cardiac benefits (laughs) of it because that market was a lot bigger because of the amount of pornography being viewed in the world today. The average age of Viagra consumers now, Cialis, Viagra, any of those, is in their 30s. Just 10, 15 years ago, the average age was 65. Yeah, yeah. What is that telling you? Yeah. So it's doing grave damage to bodies. The things that people see in pornography, they don't realize it's not real. It's an act. Quite often the men and almost always the women are not enjoying it. They're just acting. And some of it is very, very dangerous. So it can damage the body in many ways. And the levels of abuse that happen in pornography become normalized. Slapping, biting, spitting. That's not normal, good, healthy sexual intimacy. That's violence and abuse. So that's what's happening to our bodies. And then finally, spiritually, you know, there's a number of core beliefs of the addict. But the saddest one, well, the saddest two, if anybody really knew me, they couldn't love me because I'm so bad. And no one, not even God, can satisfy my needs. Only pornography can. Only alcohol can. Only cocaine can. And that is a core belief of an addict. And this is what we deal with every day. So when I tell you it affects us on a human scale, body, mind, and spirit, there's no doubt in my mind after eight years of doing this work, the damage that I've seen this problem do. Yeah. One of the things you just said there that I agree with what you're getting across, but I'm just going to challenge the way that you said something, that pornography is not a moral issue. I think what you're getting across there is at a certain point, this ceases to be a mortal sin. At a certain point, it no longer meets the criteria of full knowledge deliberate consent. Uh, So you you may have full knowledge. You may be sort of gravely aware that it's a grave action, but the will is somehow vitiated. As you say, the brain chemicals involved are just so addictive. So powerful. So powerful, right? Yeah. I think you can rightly say that the question of mortal sin is actually like, okay, we can actually discern that there isn't mortal sin present in this situation. But it remains a moral issue because it it afflicts the human person and it afflicts his relationship with others and with God. That's the entire moral dimension. It's the entire anthropological dimension. So I think it's to call it a moral issue, to define it as a moral issue is still really important, but not necessarily mortally sinful. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a moral issue. I guess what I'm getting at is where we are in the church today If Stina and I are standing in the back of the church after Mass, and somebody comes up to us and says, hey, I'm struggling with alcohol. Hey, I'm struggling with drugs. Mm -hmm. We've got people jumping over the pews to help them, Father. Yeah. 
if that same person comes up and says, hey, I'm struggling with pornography or I'm struggling with sexual addiction, everybody puts down their eyes and walks away because it's bad. It's it's moral. That's a moral issue. Just like we used to think alcoholism was a moral weakness. We're still talking about pornography addiction that way. That's the point I'm trying to right, get. Right. Okay. Okay. We need to start to bring the science in as well. Yeah, absolutely. To forget the science factor is to actually ignore the problem and to not address it in any meaningful way. I remember growing up, I'll tell you a quick story. I mean, this may bring us in another direction, but I remember growing up in Catholic school and in grammar school, seventh, eighth grade. You know, we had the nuns, one of the nuns was teaching health class, and she said, you know, if you masturbate, you're going to go blind. Right. That's what's going to happen to you. <laughs> right. And then you're going to go to hell. Yeah. You know, as a blind man, now you're going to hell. Unhelpful. I can still see. <laughs> yeah. Completely yeah. unhelpful. Yeah. And so what we should be doing is telling young people in particular mm. why pornography is dangerous. Mm. from the scientific side. That's how we're yep. going to reach him. Yep. We can grow into the spiritual and the moral side. And yeah. it's the same thing yep. with masturbation. And the theologian in me is searching for different language. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a kid from New York City. I don't have that language. I'm keeping it clean out here, Padre. <laughs> so it's a deeply anthropological issue. It's an issue that goes right to the heart of the human person. Because even if it's not sinful, it's still deeply affecting us because it's affecting us on a physical level. It's affecting us on the spiritual level, our capacity mm -hmm. to connect with others, to connect with God. It's yep. convincing us in some way that somehow we're unlovable, those things that you were talking about before. And it's rewiring our, our sort of brain chemistry. So it affects us on a this multitude of levels. And so perhaps to use the word rather than moral problem and to use language that's been perhaps misused in the past to put a different word in there and say, it's a human problem. It's a, Amen. Yeah. absolutely. It's a human problem. And it's not just for men. We need to make that point very clear. More and more women today are struggling with this yeah. issue. Yeah. And if you think men have a shame and guilt level because of this sin, this struggle, this addiction for women, it's orders of magnitude greater because they don't believe they've been told this is a guy's problem. Mm. So they believe now there's something wrong with them. This is a problem of the human condition. Absolutely. And here's one of the easiest tests I use. I have a good buddy of mine from growing up. He knows what I do for a living. He travels a lot for business, very successful guy. And he said, you know, when I'm traveling, I look at pornography, but I'm not cheating on my wife. And I asked him two questions. I said, number one, would she feel that way? That's number one. I think not. And number two, let me ask you a question. When you're traveling a lot and you're viewing a lot of pornography, does it cause you to look at other people differently? And he got really quiet. I said, don't answer me. Think about it, whatever. A few weeks later, he calls me up. He had some choice words for me that cannot be repeated in present company. He said, I can't believe that. You're right. I do look at other people differently the more porn I look at. Yeah. It's changing the way our brains are not only thinking about ourselves, 
but thinking about others. Yeah. Why would you want that in your life? Mm. No, look, absolutely. And brings that using dimension in, I suppose, that sometimes we've frequently spoken about on the podcast is sort of treating people as things rather than people and therefore treating ourselves the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There is something there that you were saying just then, Jim, I guess reflecting, thinking about even the way that a person might come to acknowledge they have a problem with alcohol, for example, in a similar kind of way, what you're talking about there is even just the awareness, like that's a journey Mm -hmm. in itself to get to a place of being able to say, actually, I have a problem here. So do you have any suggestions or any recommendations for someone a bit like that man that you were talking Mm -hmm. about just then? Like what kinds of things can that person themselves be thinking about or as community members around them who are recognizing, we think there might be something going on here. What kinds of conversations could we be having to help bring that awareness to the fore? That's an awesome question. You know, when you're dealing with alcohol or drug addiction, there's so many external cues, external manifestations of that addiction. You know, somebody's drunk. You smell alcohol on them. You know somebody's high. They're falling down. They're passing out. They're wired out of their mind. With pornography, it's not that way. Unless they get caught, which a lot of people who come to Integrity Restored get caught by their spouse or their parent or their boss, and then they're freaked out. But I think what we have to do is take this conversation out of the darkness and bring it into the light. And we have to look at our family members and those people in our circle of influence, those people we love and care about, and know that the vast majority of people are struggling with this. They're struggling with it alone, in isolation. That's what pornography wants you to do. It wants you to stay there in isolation. And they're struggling silently because nobody talks to anybody about them. If, Father, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but... If this is not the most confessed sin on a Saturday afternoon, it's certainly up there in the top three. It's that common, ladies and gentlemen. So stop being afraid of telling somebody, hey, I listened to this incredible podcast with Father Sean and Stina, and they were talking about this thing called pornography addiction. I didn't know that was real. What's your experience? Mm. What's wrong with saying that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you say, in the, in the circle of influence in which you have around you, to have an honest conversation about it and to bring it, because it's a serious issue that afflicts many people, to treat it like we would so many, so many other things where we say, hey, I was listening to this thing and they were talking about alcohol addiction. What's your experience? It's a similar thing with pornography addiction. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're listening and you're struggling, the first step, ladies and gentlemen, the first step can feel insurmountable. But all you have to do is admit you have a problem and reach out for help. That's it. Say, you know what, Lord? I cannot control this. I've tried. It doesn't work when I try and do it myself. Go to your local priest. Go to a therapist. Go to an S. Do you have SA groups over we do. there? We do. Not, uh, not regionally, yeah. but to, uh, in, in the cities, yeah. Yeah, go to a group. Uh, send us a note, info at Integrity Restored. We'll get you some resources. You're not alone in this battle. You're not alone in this struggle. Yeah, yeah. Thousands and thousands of people reach out to us every year. Yeah, thank you, Jim. And maybe just as a bit of a last question, could you tell us a bit about what we can be doing 
you've already now touched on this in a way, but something that owns anybody. And uh, so could you talk to us about ways to perhaps overcome it, ways to start the battle? That'd be great. Well, the three pillars of Integrity Restored, I think, is a great general recovery philosophy. The first pillar is strong scientific counseling and therapy. You need to understand the science of what's going on in your brain. And quite often, we have to get to the root cause of the addiction. It's generally not about the pornography. It's about something else. So avail yourself of strong scientific counseling and therapy, coaching, whatever you need. The second is an increase in the spiritual life, frequent reception of the sacraments, and spiritual direction. That spiritual component cannot be discounted. We need God's help to overcome this struggle. And believe me, he wants to help us. Even when you're in the midst of the worst of it, looking at the dirtiest, horrible things that you never imagined you'd be looking at, God is there with you. Jesus is there wanting to bring you healing and mercy. And then the third thing is community and accountability, relationships. We cannot do this alone. This addiction exists in isolation. You want to break the addiction, break the isolation. Get yourself an accountability partner. Talk to your family about it. Put away your technology and spend time with other human beings. Don't be alone. Mm. God didn't make us that way. He wants us to be in community with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. That's beautifully hit. So I love that last point. This thing thrives in isolation. Perhaps the, you know, if if anybody sort of sees me in in the context of spiritual direction, one of the things that I'm constantly sort of saying is, hey, you need connection because no man's an island right? No man can overcome something like this on his own. No woman can overcome something like this on her own. We need the help of others. And isolation is the, it's the thing of the fall, right? I mean, the first thing that that Adam and Eve do is they go and they hide. And rather than seek communion, they seek to withdraw themselves. And so sin will always sell that lie to us of, oh, no, 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 you need to withdraw yourself now. You know, this shame, disgrace, degradation, you know, all of that's going to be sold of, well, no, 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 look where you are now. You need to pull back, right? You need to to isolate yourself. Don't be in connection. And the exact opposite is true. When any issue that strikes at the core of our humanity is present, the only way to overcome that issue is in connection with other human beings. I mean, who knew? (laughs) But but it's, it's, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I think back to when Jesus sent out the disciples, right? He sent them two by two. He could have covered a lot more territory (laughs) if he sent them out, each of them alone. But he knew better, (laughs) right? And it's the same thing in our recovery. We need to know better. You got into this addiction, into this struggle by yourself. You're not going to get out of it by yourself. You're going to get out of it as part of a broader community. You're going to get out of it by rebuilding your relationship with your loved ones, with God, with your employer, with everybody, because believe me, it impacts every part of, of your life. And you're going to need the scientific help to do that. So 
I think if we do those three things, we see, I mean, I know at Integrity Restored, we see a lot of success, Father. That's awesome. Jim, thank you so much for being on the Living Formless podcast and for sharing really a, an informative message, but also a message of hope that, uh, that something that we can do when we experience pornography, be that in one of our family or friends, or be that in our own lives, uh, that there's a way forward and that God is always with us, that he loves us, that he's in the mess with us. Amen. So thank you for, for sharing that, that wonderful message with us. And for our Patreon subscribers, we're, we're going to head on over and have a chat with Jim in the Patreon section. So if you'd like to uh, see that conversation, please join our, our Patreon community. And uh, there's um, several tiers there. I don't normally do this section, so I have no idea what the tiers are, but I know they're, <laughs> I know they're there. So, so go and go and see them, click on them. If you can donate any amount of money to the, uh, to the podcast, that's absolutely fantastic. It really helps us to keep it going. We finish up now with a, a truth, beauty, and goodness. So, Jim, would you like to kick off for us? I would. And it's going to be kind of the truth, beauty, and goodness that I've seen over the eight years of doing this work, Father. Countless marriages healed. People who were so far apart and so broken and so damaged, and yet now their marriage is better than ever. Their intimacy level is off the charts, not just sexual intimacy, non-sexual physical intimacy, spiritual intimacy, financial intimacy, communication intimacy. There's such great hope for couples who are dealing with this. For individuals, I've seen thousands and thousands of men and women healed and children saved from a lifetime of this struggle because of an early intervention. There is great hope, ladies and gentlemen, but we have to be willing to take this conversation into the light and have it with those people we love. Yeah, yeah, awesome, fantastic. And uh, Stina, for yourself? Um, I just recently read A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis which was really beautiful. So I've just recently lost someone dear to me and it was really beautiful to be able to read words that made me feel like I was seen in that grief. So if anyone's going through that kind of a space or if there's an anniversary that's coming up that you're thinking of, highly recommend picking it up. It's a very, very short read. You'll be done in like an hour and a bit. <laughs> very beautiful though. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Padre? For me, it's a beautiful book that I came across just the other day called Mary and the Church. I'm actually going to have two, if you don't mind. I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> it's against the law of living fullness, but of podcasting. Of podcasting but it's just, it's, I'm going to break the law today. <laughs> uh, so, so my first resource is, that I share is that Mary and the Church, just absolutely really beautiful. It's by Hugo Rana, the lesser known Rana. Karl Rana is the better known Rana. And uh, but his brother Hugo writes just beautifully and and writes about Mary in a way that when he writes about her, you know it's a guy who really is in love with Mary, mm. and just you, you really get that sense of just how much he she means to him as a mother, and it's just okay. That's just beautiful. So if you're looking for something about Mary which has a hint of theology to it, but also has a a broader appeal, it's a great book, and I, I recommend it to anyone. The other resource I'd like to commend to people, particularly those who are struggling with pornography as a, as a truth, beauty, and goodness, I recommend to you that the recovery programs found at Integrity Restore. It really is 
truly, truly worthwhile undertaking. And it's the only program that I have seen today that tries to bring all these things together of therapy, spiritual life, and sort of that community connection that tries to bring them together in a recovery plan. So uh, I encourage you to become acquainted with the work of Integrity Restored. Uh, Thank you for the work that you do, Jim. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father and Stina, for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening and for being there with us, community, and we will see you next time. Until then, know of our love and prayers. God bless.